So who feels ready for Christmas? Is everyone feeling ready? Like, is it bad that, like, be honest, like, I, I bought most of my Christmas presents at the end of November. Is that bad? Although they're not, all, they're not all wrapped up yet, I've got to be honest. But I know like, it's my favourite time of year, and I know it's also a bit of a stressful time of year. I don't know if you're feeling a bit stressed, still much to organise. And uh, maybe you can identify with the people uh, on this video clip. Here, watch the screens. Oh, Christmas. Oh, Christmas. <coughs> Christmas. 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 Christmas? Christmas, Christmas, Now this is Christmas. Aldi comes to save the day. Almost, anyway. So I know it can be a stressful time of year, and I thought I'd help you as you go into Christmas to, to figure out just how stressed you are. And, uh, and I, I, I've scoured the internet, and I found this scientifically proven piece of research that will enable you to very quickly discern the level of stress that you're experiencing uh, right now as you head towards Christmas. And basically what you're about to see is a photograph of two beautiful, stunning, identical dolphins jumping out of the ocean. And, uh, and here's the deal. Apparently, if, if you see any discrete, nuanced, tiny differences between these two identical dolphins, then that is a sure sign that you are experiencing a little bit of stress. And actually, the more differences you spot between these two supposedly identical dolphins, then the more stressed you are. Is everyone ready? Okay, okay. So, uh, so anyway, here you go. How stressed are you? Take a look. <laughs> So um, for me, I don't know, like I just see two completely identical dolphins. Uh, those are absolutely beautiful. Um, I heard, it was hilarious. Someone came up to me earlier and they said they saw a cow. And I was just like, wow, you literally should be hospitalized. Um, you've got no idea, you know. But thankfully, no doubt no one's seeing that in here because that would be bad because we do pray for people. Um, but it is a stressful time. And one of the big stresses about Christmas is, of course, like what do you buy for people at Christmas? Like, you know, the, the challenge of buying the right gifts. And again, like we always want to help here at Zio Church. And so again, we've scoured the internet and we've got eight great presents for you to think about buying for different people as part of your family today. You've still got a couple of days and so these might be helpful. So this first one is if, if you are here today and maybe you've got a, a young child or you're a grandparent or a godparent uh, and you're thinking, what do I buy for this two-year-old? This is, this is the perfect present. Check out this. This is my first fire. Yeah, my first fire for your two-year-old. Help your two-year-old literally start a fire. You, you might not be able to see it, but it says cherry accelerant included. Yes, people, it comes with petrol. It really, really does. So there's a, there's a guarantee here that you will be able to help your child start a fire. Now, one of the interesting things is on this next gift is like every time we've done this, I've always said, are there any EastEnders fans here? And like no one has confessed to watching EastEnders. Are there any EastEnders fans here? Thanks, Mum and Dad. See, they're, just, they're awesome. Well, Mum and Dad, this is for you. This is the 2020 Ian Beale calendar. Like, everyone should have one of these. 
And this is legit, people. Literally, there is a website which tells you in bold letters, this is a bestseller. I can't imagine why, really. But uh, the in-bill calendar. Now, what about golfers? Any golfers in the house? Anyone who enjoys a bit of golf, maybe? Uh, or maybe you know someone who enjoys golf. Well, this next one is for you. This is the toilet golf game. So uh, whilst you're uh, engaged in other matters, you can practice your golf. And actually, on the bottom right of the box, it literally says, for serious golfers only. So like, you know, you adventure golf people, this is not for you. This is for the serious uh, golfers. Um, I, I've got my very good neighbours uh, here, Scott and Gina, who are kind of exercise junkies. They're amazing. And, and I just get exhausted looking at their exercise stuff. And, but this, this is for people like me, this next gift, who know they should be lifting something but are not attracted to the idea of lifting weights. This is the barbell beer glass. And so, well, you can just fill it up with beer and then you can just kind of, you know, drink that. So if anyone wants to buy that for me, that would be great. Any, any pet lovers in the house? Any people got cats and dogs or anything like that? Or rabbits or, you know, or whatever? Uh, well, you're going to love this one. If sometimes, like, your, pat, your pet is wanting lots of affection and you're just thinking, like, just leave me alone, this is for you. This is the pet Petter gift. Literally, it's an electronic pet petter. It offers 85 pets per minute, people. It literally says on the sides, pets are wonderful, but they're also filthy. So show your love from a distance. How nice is that? One of the big challenges for me is, uh, particularly like with my mum my and dad who are here today, um, is, is what do you buy for the people who have everything? I mean, they have me as a son. It's like, how do, like, what else do I get them? And then I found this. This is legitimately, if you've got someone you're thinking, they've got everything, what do I get for them? This was on Amazon. You get them the gift of nothing. You buy them nothing, a genuinely packaged nothing. This is what it says. Congratulations, you have received the gift of nothing. Absolutely nothing. This is the ultimate in minimalism. Less is more, more or less. Nothing is precious. Nothing is simple. Nothing is sacred. Open the packet and be enthralled when nothing happens. Allow nothing to flow through your mind and calm your soul. Savor the moment, for soon you will discover that nothing really is so much better than something. So I uh, hope you like that, Mum and Dad. It's for you on Wednesday. <laughs> and I know this is Christmas, so it's like Jesus Christ's birthday, Christ's birthday. And so for, for any Jesus lovers in the house, and like you, you want to think, like, I need something for this faith-based moment, you're going to love this. This is the Jesus Ketchup T-shirt. Just check it out. Can you see that? It says, Catch Up with Jesus. And you might not be able to read it, but it literally says, Let us praise him and relish him, because he loves me from my head to my toes. Come on, come on, get that. Just explain it to the person next to you. He loves t- tomatoes, tomatoes, Gareth, tomatoes. Oh, yes, yeah, always here to help. And then the last one, you, everyone needs a, a great board game. And, uh, and I saw this one, this looks fun. This is called the Searching For Game. And basically, this is a game where you get a card and it, and it, tells you things that people are searching for on Google, and then you have to fill in the blanks. So so there's one here that says, my cat, and the answers are, wants to kill me, run away, and be a dog. Like, I don't know what's more worrying on any of those things, really. But but it kind of got me thinking when I saw this thing about all of the things that people are searching for on Google, the biggest search engine uh, in the world. And then, of course, there's YouTube. People searching, searching, searching every day. Billions and billions of people searching, searching for answers on Google. And and yet when I think about that, I think about what are the things that people are really, really searching for, which is so much more than how do I treat my cat, maybe. 
I remember years ago listening to a psychologist speak about the fact that every single person throughout human history and the 7 billion people on the earth today are basically searching for three things. Regardless of what country you're in, nation in, tribe you're in, we're all looking for these three things, which is number one, self-worth. We're all looking for that sense of knowing that we are loved and lovable. Uh, significance, he said, number two, that we're all looking for that sense that our lives have purpose, that we're here for a reason, that we're not just a cosmic accident, but our lives actually matter. And thirdly, he said, security. Like we all want to know that whatever happens in life, good, bad, or ugly, that ultimately we're going to be okay. Like everyone all over the world are searching for those things, self-worth, significance, and security. Where do we find the answer to that search? Like, like, is it found in this crazy Christmas story that we're thinking about, this 2,000-year-old Christmas story? What has this possibly got to do with some of those biggest searches that we're about and exploring in life, whether we realize it or not? Well, I shall come back uh, uh, in a little moment to, to share more thoughts on that. But in the meantime, why don't you turn to the person next to you and just tell them what you would really like for Christmas as the band gets ready for our next song. Over to you. What do you want for Christmas? Tell your neighbor. So I've got two sons, two boys, Andy and Dan. They're 26 and 23. And uh, Andy is there. Hey, Andy. You know what's coming, don't you? I know. Three times, three times he's had to endure this next bit. So, uh, so, um, so when Andy and Dan were much younger, when they were little boys, um, I, I asked them, like, what do you want for Christmas? What are you searching for? What, what is the gift that you're longing for? And, uh, and as you're about to see on the screens, this is how they replied. The one who's talking the most is Andy. Um, well, what I would like for Christmas is a microcontrol car. And I would like a WWF and a Darth Maul lightsaber game and a Darth Maul lightsaber. Okay, Dan? No, I haven't finished. We'll come back to you. Dan, okay. what do you want for Christmas? Um, an action man bicycle and an action man scooter. That's me. And I would like a Darth Maul skateboard. And and so he went on and on. I think his brother was more interested, sadly, in what was up his nose than any kind of gift for Christmas. But um, So uh, I guess it's like so easy for the boys, like for me, maybe for all of us, to kind of buy into this whole thing that if we just have the right stuff in our lives, then uh, life's going to be good. And, uh, and let's face it, like we all like stuff. I like stuff. I like having stuff. I'm looking forward to some nice stuff, whether it's presents or food or what have you. It's not that stuff is bad, but actually we know that when it comes down to it, stuff breaks, stuff doesn't last. And even after Christmas, maybe even after just a few days, we kind of get bored with stuff. And so stuff is not the answer to the search, like the big questions that we've got. Where is the hope? And, and the interesting thing about this story that's been celebrated and remembered throughout the last 2,000 years is at the time that it was set in the Middle East, the people uh, then were not looking for stuff to be their savior. They, they weren't looking for something. They were looking for someone. They, they genuinely didn't believe that more stuff was going to save them. They were looking for what they called the Messiah. That word literally means like the hope of the world, the Christ. Uh, when you hear the name Jesus Christ, like Christ is not Jesus' surname, like my name's Matt Summerfield. 
Christ and Messiah is a title. It means the same thing. It literally means the hope of the world. It's the, it's the title that's applied to someone when people genuinely believe that that is what that person is. Hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born, in dated carbon copies, we know that these verses that were read to us by Belinda and then we've just sung these verses from Isaiah 9-6 were predicting, prophesying this coming Messiah, that he would be uh, a mighty God, everlasting Father, wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. And these words were revolutionary because the people in the Middle East, they were expecting someone to come and save them, but Isaiah, this ancient prophet from 2,300 or so years ago, he was saying that this someone wasn't just any someone, but actually it would be God becoming a man, a revolutionary, radical thought. And so when Jesus appears in the scene, even as a baby, it's no surprise that like literally from the get-go, people start searching. Because they're trying to figure out, is, is the Christ child, is Jesus, this baby, the one everyone is looking for? We're all familiar with the story. The shepherds are the ones who come searching first of all. And when the shepherds see this baby in a manger on the night that he's born, they literally declare, this is the Messiah. This is the hope of the world. A few days later, Jesus is being presented in the temple to be dedicated. And he's held in the arms of a priest called Simeon. And Simeon looks at this, again, this seven-day-old child and, and says, this is the savior of the world. Like an extraordinary thing to say of a little baby. In, in that next moment, uh, a lady called Anna was also in the temple and she sees this moment and she looks at the baby and says, this is the one who has come to rescue us. Months and months later, astrologers, wise men we call them, travel thousands and thousands of miles from the east and they arrive in Bethlehem and when they meet Jesus, again they do an extraordinary thing, they get on their knees and they bow down and they call him the divine king of kings. Not just a king, but the king of kings, the divine, like he's God, he's worthy of worship. People searching for him. And when Jesus grows up and he's a man, like then by the thousands they come to search for him. Like this is in a day before the internet and Instagram and all those social media stuff. But people start to pick up. There's something about this Jesus and they come by the truckload. And as they come to search for him, they discover some amazing things about him. As they search for him, they discover in these stories that he's the God who heals, that lame people walk, dead people rise again, even days after being dead. Like blind eyes see, the deaf can hear, they discover and, and thousands of people keep searching for him, and they discover that he's a God of miracles. Like he takes, takes water and he turns it into wine. Thousands of people are fed from just a few loaves and fish. And then even raging storms are silenced when, with the sound of his voice, he just tells them to be quiet. And people are awed and think, well, surely only God can do something like that. And still... For three years, they come searching for him by the thousands. And they discover that he is the God of love. That with him, outcasts feel rejected. That outcasts feel welcomed. The rejected feel invited. The bereaved feel comforted. The lost feel found. The addicted feel free. Failures feel forgiven. Broken feel whole. Anxious feel peace. And those despairing feel hope. When they're with him, there's something about him. They're surprising and extraordinary. And still, they keep searching. 
And they come by their thousands and they discover that he is the God who saves, who has made it clear he didn't come to condemn people or judge people, but to save people. Because ultimately the baby in a cradle becomes a man on a cross 33 years later. And he says that's why he came. Not because he deserved to die this cruel Roman execution punishment, but actually to take on all the consequences for our own failures and mistakes. Taking on selfishness and our self-centeredness and our self-righteousness. Taking on our darkness, our suffering, our struggle, our sickness. Taking on the cross, the greatest enemy that 100% of us will face in this room, which is death itself. And even though he dies and they check and verify that he's dead, death will not have the final word on him, just like he promised it would not have the final word on us if we invited him to be part of our lives. Because even three days later, they are still searching for him. And they search to a graveside, and they go to a tomb to to just pay their respects, and yet they find to their surprise that the tomb is empty, the stone is rolled away, and now Jesus is walking around declaring that he has defeated death, that all of our brokenness is forgiven, we can be restored into relationship with God, and live the life that we were always created to live, both now and for all eternity. Jesus still to this day in 2019, stands at the centerpiece of human history. All of our birthdays are measured by his life and his death. This pivotal figure, whatever you make of him, he is extraordinary. And people have searched for him. And and what he said is that he's come to answer those big questions that we have in life, that our self-worth is found in discovering that God loves us, not because of anything we've done, but just because he loves us, because he made us and he knows us. And he's proved his love by coming and paying a high price for our freedom on the cross. That the question of our significance is found in him because he says, if we are restored into relationship with him, then we can start living the life that we were always created to live, which is knowing him, living for him, and joining him in the kind of things that he's doing in the world, which is acts of love and compassion and, and justice and generosity and seeing literally like heaven, everything that we think is good breaking out into the earth, light conquering darkness. And the question of our security, he says, is found in him because because of all that he's done. Like surely the God who's overcome death can help us overcome anything we face in life. And we don't even need to fear that big enemy called death because our life is just a breath. And then we'll be with him in new creation forever is his secure promise. And still, 2,000 years later, people search for him. Seven billion people on planet Earth, over two billion of them, a third of the world's population have searched. And they they believe, they've weighed up the evidence beyond reasonable doubt, not blind faith. They've experienced it, they've touched it. This Jesus seems real. Maybe everything he said about himself was true. But of course, like, don't take anyone's word for it. Don't take my word for it. Like, this is worth checking out for yourself. As we think about all the people who went searching for him at Christmas, maybe this Christmas is a moment for you to go on your own little search. And maybe you're thinking, well, there's no point in me doing that. I just don't need this. And, and maybe you're right and maybe you're wrong. I guess it depends a little bit on whether you think Jesus is like Belgian chocolate haagen ice cream or whether he's like oxygen. Because like everyone in my church knows that I think that Belgian chocolate haagen is the 
best ice cream in planet Earth. Like, it is the best ice cream. I just, I love it, I love it. And if anyone still has time to buy me some for Christmas, you will be my friend forever. And I know that some of you are here and you say, I'm not interested in ice cream. I don't like ice cream. It's irrelevant to me and I understand that. And some of you are here and you're saying, no, Ben and Jerry's cookie dough is the best. And it's okay that you're wrong. Because it really is Belgian chocolate Haagen-Dazs ice cream. But I get that that is a subjective opinion. It's my opinion. And it really doesn't matter one way or or the other. And maybe Jesus is like that. Maybe just Jesus is good for me and he's not good for you because he's just like ice cream. But maybe he's like oxygen. And, and, and if you and I decided, you know, we woke up tomorrow morning and we said, you know what? I don't think I need oxygen anymore. I'm going to live without oxygen. Like we all know that would be a life-changing decision for you really quickly. And I think that's the question that Jesus poses, this central figure of human history who comes to us today to say, like, am I, am I ice cream or am I oxygen? Like, can you take it or leave me or can you truly not live without me? Could the creator of your soul only be the one who can heal your soul? Put all the wrong things right as he works with us over time. I want to encourage you as we start to bring this time to a close to go searching. To go searching. You you might be someone who goes to church. You might be part of Zio and you think, I found him. Listen, there's always more to know about Jesus. I've been following Jesus for over 40 years. There's always more to know. There's always more to discover. You'll never get to the end of him. Maybe you're here and you don't even believe all this stuff. Or maybe this is a moment to think about a search, your own little search. Check this out. Because if it's oxygen, it's really important. If it's ice cream, it doesn't really matter. Maybe that search could be on your, on your seat. You'll see you've got this thing, a little leaflet about this thing called the Alpha Course. We run it. It starts in January. It runs for eight weeks. And we gather just a small group of people. We watch a short video that talks about an aspect of the Christian faith, about who Jesus is. We uh, have some snacks and drinks. People just chat about it. There's no pressure. No one's going to tell you what to believe. That would be a good step to make, maybe, to just check this out for yourself. Or, or may, maybe join us. Like we're back here on a Sunday the 5th of January at 9.30 and 11.30. And our church, we're just a group of people of all ages and backgrounds trying to figure out what life is about. Trying to discover more of this Jesus and the freedom that he brings. Maybe join us. We'd love to have you. Or maybe you've been on your own little journey and tonight actually has been the final aha moment for you. And you realize actually... Like, I, I, I cannot be the leader of my life. I'm not clever enough. And now could be a moment for you to say, okay, God, if you're really there, I want to give you a shot to, to take control and be in the driving seat of my life. So I want to just say a prayer as our band come up and uh, we sing our final carol. So I just want to invite you just to close your eyes just for a moment. And think about where you are in your own search and what are you searching for. And I'm going to just say a simple prayer in a minute, which is the kind of prayer that I pray every day, which is just asking God to be part of my life afresh. And if for the first time you would like to be part of that prayer, but saying, okay, God, I just want to invite you to be part of my life. Still got lots of questions, but I want to begin a journey with you. Then as I pray this prayer, why don't you reach out to him and just physically do that? I've got my eyes open so I can see by just putting up your hand as a way of saying, okay, God, I'm reaching out to you tonight. So when I pray, I know I'm also praying for you as well as praying for myself. Anyone here who wants to do that, reach out to God in this place tonight. That's great. See your hand. Thank you. Is there anyone else?
That's brilliant. Fantastic. I see your hand as well. That's great. Anyone else? Great. Well, I'm going to say a prayer. Father, God, thank you that you loved us so much that you came. And Jesus, we, uh, we still got big questions, no doubt, but we thank you that you are for us and that you're with us. We thank you that you care about us so passionately. Lord, would you forgive us for the things that we think and say and do that actually damage us and damage our relationships and damage your world. Would you forgive us and, and give us a brand new start like only you can do. And would you help us from this day forward to live the life that we were created to live in partnership with you, the lover of our lives and soul. Help us, we pray. And Lord, for others of us, Lord, may you just nudge us and lovingly annoy us so that we will realize that you are always there and just a prayer away. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.